Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, 
LIB Radio. We are live and direct. We're 3D and digital in your face. Just like your mama always warned it was going to be. Sound of black uhuru. We're talking about black freedom, y'all. Youth of Eglinton, put down your Remington. Youth of Kinshasa, put down the RPG. And let's all get together. Let's work it out, work it out. We are talking tonight about the Democratic Republic of the Congo, one of the wealthiest nations on the planet in history. Uh-huh. And our guests on the telephone line we've been speaking to for the first hour, Brother Saeed Dibinga, welcome black to LIB Radio. Hello, hello. But we're also joined in the studio right now with another brother. We're going to get him right up on the microphone. Uh, brother is Fofo Lukata. Fofo Lukata is an uh, independent Congolese researcher specializing in mining operations in the Congo. Welcome, Brother Fofo, to LIB. We'll get you right in on that microphone there. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you uh, here this evening, Brother Saeed. You and Brother Fofo go back some time. Oh, uh, yes. I've, since I've been out here, I've known Fofo, and I know, I, I know his presentation. I know his knowledge and, and how articulate he, he is. So you listeners out there, Fofo is about to bring it as only he can bring it and give you the knowledge about where those, those, these minerals are coming from and how they're getting here. So That's you right. Get your notepad out and let Fofo do what he does. Well, we have become very well aware, Brother Fofo, that um, of the immense, immense wealth, almost immeasurable wealth of just that one piece of real estate, the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Let's go back into history, and let's talk about uh, the wealth of the Congo and how this wealth has really come to generate so much conflict. Okay, for, um, for those who don't know, uh, the Congo got a... Independence in 1960, June 30th, 1960, and unfortunately, um, the the agreement was signed in Belgium uh, prior to a couple days prior to the 30th, probably June 28th or so. And the brothers who are the the table, which are called table ronde, the round table basically, Mm -hmm. to receive that. uh, the the right to breathe and live freely, uh, but still uh, not knowing that they were still going to be enslaved, not being uh, able to access to have access to their their resources. Uh, so that um, that took place in Belgium in, the, in June 1960. Now, one of the the most popular Congolese that uh, I would say most popular because uh, they're trying to basically to sh- they tried so much to put the men down uh, but the, ma- the men stood for it, for the cause for the Congolese cause was Lumumba Patrice Lumumba for all of us know now Lumumba did not agree with the independence with everything that came with it Lumumba went for the total independence but uh, then all of a sudden he was labeled as a communist mm-hmm. and we all know um, Back then, uh, Bush, the father, Herbert, was uh, uh, the chief of uh, the CIA, I think. Uh, Actually, was the head he, of CIA. he became CIA after Lumumba's death. He became head of CIA, I believe, in about 1978. Oh, okay. So at the time of the death of Murtal Mohammed in Nigeria, Nigeria, Nigeria Bush yeah. was CIA chief. Okay. Mm-hmm. But then um, the CIA basically was the one ex- executed uh, Lumumba. That's right. I believe it, it would have been... Um, uh, the brothers, what were the two brothers? The Dulles brothers, that's right, yes. Alan Dulles. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that's one of the reasons why uh, no one knows, uh, no one, of course, uh, Lumumba is labeled as a uh, communist, so is uh, all these uh, other guys, I mean, a bad guy, basically. Now, prior to the independence, the Congo belonged to the King Leopold, uh, who then uh, was called in Belgium to release, to relinquish his uh, rights as a owner of a, uh, a such, such a big country and with you know many resources and cannot belong to one person. And and that's you know that's something that's very very difficult for a lot of people to comprehend that mm-hmm. one man one oh, I could almost start cussing and describing this vicious Hitler Hitler like mm-hmm. despot King Leopold. That one man could not only own a, a, a nation which itself was comprised of many nations, but that his rule was just so horrific. It made Adolf Hitler look like a gentleman. Exactly. Am I correct? Exactly. And, and the worst part of it, it didn't 
not only it is not only on the land, it on the people. He had the right to the people. Those were basically his cattle. And so he, uh, the King Leopold, when he signed back the, the when he signed, he gave the Congo back to the, to the Belgium, to the country, to the government. Kept uh, some of the mining rights that he later sold to the the famous uh, Rothschilds mm-hmm. and uh, Baron Pain. And those guys, uh, after the independence, had a contract with the government of Belgium and the people at the round table for the independence that they would keep their rights. They would still exploit the soil of the Congolese. The Congolese will remain above the soil, above the resources, mm. free, but the resources belongs to them, belong to them, basically. And, uh, and that, that's a side. It's very sad. But, um, the people, the Congolese people, did not have a way of finding out what was really uh, the prince, the fine prince of the, the independence were. Few people, such as uh, Lumumba, were aware of it and said no to it. Mm-hmm. One of the things we were aware of, there were so few of the Congolese that had been trained, college educated, exactly. and were even in a position to understand the mechanisms of complex modern day governance. Exactly. So, um, what happened? The King Leopold had the, a contract, basically, gave the, um, the, his rights to everybody that the, signed the contract with him for 100 years. So, no one had the right to strip that, this contract away from them, I mean, from them unless uh, he, basically, unless the, the, the Congolese people relinquished their independence. That was those were the agreement, mm-hmm. and then go back to the to the colonial t- uh, time. Now, that's uh, that's one one of the saddest part and the saddest uh, moment in the Congolese history, because the Congolese people do not know anything about that, and of course uh, everything as far as communication and was kept away from them, it included uh, we include even literature. I mean, they were uneducated at, 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 at the time. The Congolese get their education through through churches. Most mm. of them get their education through churches, mm. and not through the government. Through the government, the Belgian government, it was through churches. And then again, even though it was through churches, uh, they were forbidden from reading the Bible. They couldn't read the Bible. Yeah, because the Bible had been used for liberation. Exactly. So uh, even though it's used for anti-liberation nowadays, but that's a whole other subject. Mm-hmm. Now, um, those contracts we had, uh, the Congo had with a, with a, with a so-called um, mining, those uh, conglomerates back then, the Rothschild and Alpin and, and, and all of them, uh, said that they owned 100% of the, of the resources, of the, the soil. Not, not only the resources, they, they owned the soil, basically. So anything that can pop up or left or right is theirs. It's not, it wasn't specified as a okay. We own the diamonds because they knew how rich the Congo was. Mm-hmm. So they knew it was still coming. Until now, as we're speaking, they're still discovering some more uh, mm-hmm. metals and oh, they will never stop. Incredible. They'll never, never. Yeah. Uh, now, do uh, do copies of these documents exist now? From the independence that we could examine. Well, um, unfortunately, um, very few people have uh, those uh, type of documents. But uh, the truth always, you know, uh, arise. You know, so what happened uh, was when they get those contracts, uh, they put Mobutu in power. Uh, Mobutu in power. When they put well, they put Mobutu in power, they gave him the right to have. Uh, I think they had a just. Uh, if uh, my recollection are right, yeah, we get you right on the microphone. Yes, uh, they had a certain percentage. Basically, the the Congo had very few uh, of uh, returns as far as the, the production of the of the of their own soil, basically. Mm. But everything that was coming back, Mobutu got a chance to skim off the top. No, no. Basically, that was their plan, because what's the need of letting the people know that they have those resources? So they that will make them feel that they are rich and they will want more. Mm. That's just a human uh, a reaction. So 
they would rather let Mobutu take everything and not, any, and not give anything back to the people. And that way the game would still go on. And it went on for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. Until Mobutu finally said, okay, well, um, maybe we should change a little bit the game here, the rules of the game here. You know, of the game here. Mm -hmm. um, well, the, the, the Congo is no longer. Today, so in, I think it was back in 1972, the country becomes Zaire. I renamed, we renamed the country Zaire. We, consulted, we, we had a, a consultation with our elders and chiefs while we were renaming the Congo into Zaire. Now, what does this name Zaire mean? It's the nomenclature of Nizaire, which well, <laughs> well, Zaire really um, is the river. The Congo River was, named, was called Nzadi. Mm -hmm. And um, as we all know, the Europeans came to, to the country and they couldn't pronounce Nzadi. So the Portuguese called Nzadi Zaire. Now, Zaire, the, the, the river runs almost uh, through, throughout the country, all over the, the, the country. So those were basically his excuses. Okay, well, we're renaming the country Zaire because every, that represents everybody. The Congo. Actually, the, the name Congo came because uh, the first people, when, you, when the Portuguese and the uh, Belgian and the British came into the country, mm. they made the people a tribe called Congo, uh, by Congo, Congo. Mm. So then, for them, they called the whole uh, country Congo, according to the first people they made. So Mobutu got an excuse and said, okay, that does not represent the, the, the whole country. We will represent the country by naming it after the river. Nzadi, Zaire. Now, everybody welcomed that as far as um, the people back uh, the, mm -hmm. the people the, in, in Zaire. And there was a period when Mobutu was presenting himself as a nationalist. It was. As a Congolese nationalist. Yeah. Mobutu was um, a, a puppet, basically, of uh, the CIA and uh, all these uh, Western conglomerates. But he was ambitious. And that's uh, basically, we, we, we know the end. Now, when Mobutu renamed the country, no one knew really why he renamed the country, Zaire. What happened is, he called, up all the, he called off all those contracts they had prior to the independence and said, okay, your contracts are void because the country is Zaire. And those contracts were signed before, uh, prior to the independence. Mm -hmm. So then, no, basically, they do not count. We need to sit down and renegotiate the contracts. Well, they took it to court, and um, he said, "Well, uh, this is this is what it is. Either you want it, or you don't want it." Of course, they needed the, the resources of the country. They went and sat down, and when uh, and gave Mobutu basically uh, more than what they had. What happened then was once a year was equal to uh, two dollars a day. My recollection, uh, right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But that was setting a bad example for them throughout throughout Africa. They did not want any uh, 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 Angola, Liberia, or Nigeria to do the same thing. Uh, we we all know just uh, the same thing happened in Iran, basically with uh, Mossadegh. Uh, That's right. Yeah. They did not want that to happen. What they did, they called off and boycotted all the minerals from Zaire. Mobutu was obligated. It was basically, he had to sit down again and say, okay, let's sit down, let's negotiate. Mm, this is where, like, the World Bank and the International Monetary Fund exactly, those are devalue your uh, resources, exactly. devalue your currency. What they call, um, what is actually a term, uh, austerity measures. and uh -huh. re, uh, Yeah, the restructuring of the economy. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Structural adjustment. Thank you. That's the term mm -hmm. I was looking for. So, um, that brought the Zaire Mobutans and the country on its knees. Mm -hmm. and, um, then Mobutu went on and signed the contract, but he went on and still did the same thing. Because when you look at it, when you really go after what uh, the purpose, why Mobutu, what he claimed the purpose was the purpose, why he changed the name of the country, well, it wasn't really there. Because what he ended up doing was he ended up national, uh, nationalizing all the the, the companies that were owned by Belgians and basically gave the management to anybody who wanted to manage any company. But his purpose wasn't there. His purpose was in the mining. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
So what happened then was, uh, well, he lost, uh, he got those uh, a few percentage for the country, basically was for himself. Um, it went on for years. Then he came up with another idea. He said, okay, well, um, the richest, one of the richest uh, region in the Zaire, in, in the Congo is uh, the Kivu. Those are the Shaba and the Kivu, the Ketang and the Kivu. He went and divided the Kivu in two. He said, okay, well, we have the Kivu and then we have South Maniema. Show me your contracts. The contract said Kivu and not South Maniema. Then he recalled all those guys who wanted to sign again, who wanted to exploit the 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 the, the riches, basically the resources in the in the, in the Kivu. Those who had contract, the contract was no longer valid because the, the region was not named Kivu anymore. It was South Maniema. Mm-hmm. Went back to the table. So, but just through name change, name change, he sought to n- nullify exactly all of the agreements that had been made under the yep. colonial. Exactly. Very profound. Now, we are joined in the studio. We have two guests with us. We have, again, our brother Saeed Dibenga is joining us on the telephone, along with brother Fofo Lukata. We invite the listeners out there to be a part of the conversation, if you would please. Send your email through to info at libradio.com, and we'll get that right on there. We have a number of emails I'd like to share with you, brothers, if you please. All right. Um, The first one uh, comes to us uh, from... Our brother here, um, it says, after independence, foreign corporations controlled the Congos, controlled 90% of Congo's wealth. After Zairization in November 1973, the Congo bourgeoisie controlled 73% of the wealth. That from Brother Harold. Comment from either of our brothers. That's exactly right. That's right. That's, that's exactly what, I, what went down there. Exactly. And... Um, Sadly enough, when um, he turned um, to continue what I was saying, when the country turned, when he turned back to Kivu to Maniema, mm-hmm. the beers and all these conglomerates, we know, we know this, who they are, and we know who are behind those uh, those companies. Uh, for instance, we have uh, to name a few of them. Uh, I have a list of names here. We, are, we won't be able to get the entire list. Maybe no, no, no. Just to name a few of them. Just uh, American mining, uh, mineral field. Uh, Lazar, Lazar Kaplan International, Banro, Barrick Gold, Barrick Gold in Canada. Mm-hmm. Some of them are in Canada and South right. Africa. Yeah. Well, we know the American. Right. Mm-hmm. We know the American. And uh, America, America Mineral Fields is um, one. We all know that. Um, for those who don't know, one of the members of uh, direct, one of the members of director is uh, other than the father Bush. Uh, George Bush, George Bush, the George former Bush. CIA director, exactly, mm-hmm. and um, and and so forth. I mean, we we have all, we're not going to go through the list, but you know, mm-hmm. uh, so those are the guys that are rolling and stripping and basically raping Africa. Now, with uh, the bourgeoisie and with uh, Joseph Mobutu con- controlling so much of the wealth, it kind of reminds me of that era. In Africa, where kings ruled, where great kings ruled, what is the difference between a Mobutu controlling it all and acting as if it were his own personal kingdom and the times of ancient? What would be the key distinctions between that? I think, may I answer that, Fofo? Oh, go absolutely. ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I think the big distinction was that the king back in the day knew his power came from the people. That was his power base versus Mobutu who felt the power came from him and he was the power. And his power getting backed up by foreign um, foreign military establishments. As Bobo just laid it out so eloquently. Yeah, very very key and critical. Um, let's go forward. Another e- uh, several emails. Let's see if we can get through a few of these. This one once again from Brother Kaz Ra. Uh, he says the brother is on the money and helped to clear a lot of confusion in the white newspapers. Does this brother Fofo have any contact information in order to Zahid? I guess would either brother have any contact information in order to continue to stay connected and to funnel the information down here. He's in Orlando. There are too many African spiritual groups that never speak on issues as this whatsoever. Just dancing and singing, it always baffles me. So uh, are, do, would either, you two I, brothers I be able to share some contact information with our listeners? Yeah, sure. i get my email. <laughs> okay, Brother Saeed, your email is? It is S as Saeed. 
K as in Kevin, D as in David, I, B as in Bob, I, N as in Nancy, G as in George, A as in Alpha at Hotmail.com. Okay, that's S-K-Dibinga yes. at Hotmail. Yes, sir. Okay, and uh, Brother Fofo? Uh, Brother Fofo, do you have an email address you could share oh, yes. with our listening uh, audience? That okay. would be F-O-L, F as in Frank, O as in Orange, L as in Larry, number four, number four, at mail.com. Okay, F-O-L-4-4 at mail.com. And we encourage the listeners out there to show some love. Black love is what it is, and we always, always appreciate having these beautiful, well-informed African brothers in our midst. Um, let's go forward. Another email has come in. This one from our brother Irby. And Brother Irby Phillips has a program here Thursday nights. He comes in for our evening slot. An excellent program called uh, Experience the Rebirth of Black Wall Street, where he's talking about practical plans, economic plans of building ourselves black up to where we need to be. Greetings, Brother Ambassador, Brothers Ambassador of the Congo. Maxine Waters and Al Sharpton know what's happening in the Congo and other countries in Africa. And in my humble opinion, they don't take action because... They don't see the benefit to them or the special interest they support. However, for the relatively small but rapidly growing numbers of the new African family, please share with us the types of business opportunities we can develop with our brothers and sisters living in the Congo. I think it's a pretty good question. Very good question, Brad. You want to take that one, Paul, or you want me to rock that one? No, you can go ahead. It, 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 there's a lot of business opportunities there. I mean, you know, people, unfortunately, right now, the business opportunities have always been 95% in the favor <laughs> of the people coming with the money. But, you know, it's not just mobile, cellular phones and things like that. There's medical products we need, uh, construction in terms of building hospitals, uh, financial programs in terms of, you know, really making your money, you know, what little you have, you know, maximize the profit. There's this transportation. I mean, I'm talking to a friend of mine about starting an airline back there. I mean, there's so many opportunities there. I think the two biggest economic opportunities right now that I think people don't think about is, uh, is a processing plant because as most of people don't know, or a lot of people do know, is that a lot of the raw material is exported out of the country, processed, and sold back to us. So if someone was to develop a processing center within Congo, that would really do something, not just in terms of creating money, but also definitely in terms of creating employment opportunities, creating money that could be generated back into the area and rebuild the communities. So that way, people don't have to leave the country to make money to send back money to Congo. They can just get a job in a different area and send it back to the region where they came from. On the other side, you have also not just processing plants, but at the same time, you know, it's just basic just knowledge in terms of sciences and things like that. There's two nuclear reactors on Africa. One of them's in Congo. A lot of people don't know that. So, you know, if you know what you can do with nuclear energy, I mean, there's just so many possibilities there that you can just make money. But we only want you if you want to help develop the country. We'll help you get your cut. We'll help you make your money. But your mandate has to be to employ Congo, to the Congolese, and allow the Congolese to run the operations also because they know the country. It can't be like under Belgium where they came and trained us how to turn the light switch, but when the lights went out, we couldn't fix it. Uh, very, very serious. Brother Popo? Well, uh, he said it all. Mm-hmm. Um, everything basically is to be done there. I mean, everything is really uh, uh, to be started from basically ground zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, know, because I they they wanted to keep the country um, like that uh, in order to exploit it because uh, awareness is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Really uh, destroy uh, what they have going on down there. So um, they tried, uh, the media especially, the media uh, really really uh, it's been their tool. They, they use the media so well to basically shut down, put to, to basically to put the Congo uh, basically uh, I don't know in, in the forgotten places. Uh, it, it's just, but the Congo is, the, is basically the heartbeat of the world right. as we're talking now. I mean we're speaking now. The Congo basically is uh, we all, I mean all of us here, I don't know if brother, brother Shahid said it we enjoy the technology we're enjoying today, whether it's in computers, cell phones, uh, television, uh, every resource, I mean, every uh, mineral comes from the Congo. And the Congo, and then, of course, uh, some of the countries in Africa. As uh, some of us don't know, I mean, 
I said it many times, over 50, uh, there's some research said oh, 75, over 50% of the U.S. Uh, strategic weapons are based on the mineral from the Congo. That tells you something. Exactly. No Congo, no, no plutonium for the nuclear bomb for Nagasaki and Hiroshima. No superpower. And uh, I tell you, no control of Congo, no control of these strategic minerals. And ultimately, we understand that our empowerment will be directly related to our, as African people, coming to control these resources. Tell you what, brothers, we, it is time for us to take another short break. We have a lot more to go with this conversation this evening. We're talking to our brothers, Saeed and Fofo. We're talking about what is happening in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. We'll be right back. We got the music of Zap Mama. Stay tuned. Please. on the East Coast. We're joined by two beautiful, beautiful brothers, Brothers Saeed and Fofo. Welcome black to LIB, both of you. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. We were just listening to a cappella music from Zap Mama. Uh, I understand Zap Mama is uh, 
From Congo. They are from Congo, yeah. Uh, it's uh, Maridon, Sylvie uh, Nawazadio, and uh, some other sisters. Uh, basically, they they grew up in Belgium, mm-hmm. and uh, they're just trying to show the world that uh, Africa is rich in uh, so many facets, and this is one of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is some of the most magnificent music that I've had the opportunity to have. Uh, this um, CD, uh, actually several Zapmama CDs were sent to us from our beloved sister Mir Kare Sungai in Washington, D.C. Oh. And we're just so grateful. You know, the beauty about what we're doing here at LIB Radio is that we're literally creating an international family. We have listeners in um, about 20 countries around the world, mm-hmm. uh, over oh. 100 U.S. cities, mm. and uh, we converse with each other regularly on a daily basis. I converse with sisters and brothers uh, in Toronto and the Netherlands, throughout the United States. And it is very, very powerful, very positive what we're doing. I'm convinced that this is the future of the African global family. And when we were talking earlier about creating enterprises and business opportunities in the Congo, I can envision the day that when we'll, at LIB Radio, be able to sponsor a Congolese uh, version of LIB Radio and be able to synchronize us and somehow be able to then communicate in real time using the computers and using the Internet with our sisters and brothers throughout the continent. What about that idea? That idea will definitely work. And, you Good. know, I can see the day on the you know, station or in group over there will say, hey, Brother Keedy, you know, can we add some finances to your operation because you're just, you're just bringing it as it should be brought up to work. And that's that bridge that, you know, a lot of people don't want to see happen. They don't want to see your brother Bobo sitting there bringing the knowledge with a brother like yourself and sharing it with the world and getting emails from a sister over here or a brother in Orlando. They don't want that. But, you know, what's going to stop us? The only thing they could stop us is our lack of will and determination. For those of you who want to be a part of the conversation, obviously the telephone line is occupied tonight, so don't try to call in. Do send us an email as soon as you possibly can, and we'll get right on the subject. We're talking about the Congo. We're talking about the wealth of the Congo, the future, the crisis in Congo, and ultimately it really comes down to the solutions in Congo. One other point about the micro, about enterprises in Congo. I've been um, studying uh, international development for a number of years, and there's a, 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 a platform, or I guess we call it, called micro-enterprise, uh-huh. where people are creating whole businesses and industries that can literally, you can pack up a whole industry in one shipping container and deliver that, say, to a rural village, such as, an example might be sewing machines. We could pack up a number of sewing machines along with thread and other types of needles and things that might be difficult to come about in a, in a place like Congo, especially in the rural areas, that could be shipped there, and women in the rural villages would be able to literally open up the cargo container and create a whole enterprise out of that. And, of course, the people who would be receiving it, we could set up a relationship so we could then begin to ship their garments and their creations backwards and forwards so we on this side could have advantage of a direct uh, import relationship with our brothers and sisters, while at the same time creating opportunities for sisters and brothers in the rural areas to develop their own creative arts and skills and talents into enterprise. Wonderful, wonderful. Won't work. Please explain it. Oh, sir? Hello? Yes, hey. Brother Saeed, we're listening. Okay, um, if that is a good idea, and it will definitely work, but there's two obstacles. So let me say let me say it's not impossible, but that's the vision we all have, and that's the reality we'd like to see eventually come to the forefront. The government back home is stifling entrepreneurship right now as it is. Right now, if you go to our, our one of our cities, Lumumbashi, in the southeast area of, of Congo, uh, there's a lot of enterprises out there of Congolese trying to start businesses, but the government goes, literally goes out their way to crush those enterprises. Yet, if you think if you think about the article you read earlier in terms of that uh, parade that took place in Kinshasa, what did it say? The Chinese built palace. It didn't say the Congolese built palace. The Chinese. They had the Chinese down there, you know, doing, and this is nothing against my, my Chinese brother or anything like that. But there's a lot of foreigners right now in Congo, and the government is doing what they can to bring them in because they get some money on the side. That's where it's coming from, and that's the problem. Now, when you also want to go on the other side of the coin in yeah. terms of bringing products that are made with sewing machines in our country here, oh, I'm definitely oh, yeah. with that, but there's a problem with that also. And I actually had spoke on this a couple of weeks ago 
and uh, Rob, a disagreement from my brother Bobby yeah, Hines, who may be listening at this moment. But that's what AGOA, the African Growth and Opportunities Act, was supposed to do. It was supposed to allow African products to come into the country into the United States. The problem is that, you know, again, if you have an African initiative that has to get Western approval, you know it's not going to benefit the African. And what happened is that once AGOA 1 and AGOA 2 got ratified, you saw foreign companies from all over creating partnerships with those African countries that, that were signed up into AGOA. You saw the Chinese flooding in the Uganda creating partnerships. You saw, you saw a lot of Asian countries, a lot of European countries creating these partnerships so they can use AGOA as a conduit to get their material into the United States. Now, at the same time, it takes about two weeks to get a product from Washington, D.C. into Congo. Pack it up, bring it to Congo. This is what it is. Pay your money on the side, and that's it. It takes about 10 years to get, the, to get paper approval to have a product from the Congo into the U.S. market. You have a better chance of selling rice in America in Japan. Those rice farmers have a, have a protection in the government. That's what the problem is. is the roadblock is that our government, as it stands, as you want to call it, is stifling entrepreneurs in the country, and they're holding their hands out to foreigners that want to come in and use us as a conduit to enrich themselves. Well, you explained it so very clearly, and it shows all of us the tremendous obstacles that must be overcome before we have this uh, united African federation. I talked with the um, ambassador from... Uh, Zimbabwe, and he spoke also that one of the main obstacles to the notion of a unified well, yeah, Africa was the internal trade barriers. Mm-hmm. That's a big problem. And I think Fofo spoke on that. Fofo, Fofo you want to speak on that? Yeah. Oh uh, well, yeah. Um, the idea is great, and I think there's a. I agree with you, uh, Brother Said. Uh, it's almost impossible, but. Uh, I do not think impossible should be a word I mean, in our vocabulary. And, and one but, uh, of the great frustrations is that we see the white liberal groups able to pull this off. Exactly. Uh, and, and I think we can do it through non-profit organizations because that's the purpose, basically, to, her, to, to, to help the brothers back in Africa to basically uh, become... Uh, uh, to develop the entrepreneurship there. So we can do it through uh, non-profit uh, organizations. Exactly. Those are not controlled. And, but once it's uh, anything with where you can make profit, uh, it's not a controlled land. It's, uh, somebody has to make some money there. I mean, it's really uh, it's a disaster. It's a disaster. Unbelievable. We got another email and a couple of emails that come in. I'd like to share uh, one that's been on the queue here for a minute from a brother in Doro. He has a two-part message. He says, uh, first of all, the um, here, let me go back here one more. Um, okay, here, bear with me one second. Let me get this email up from brother in Doro. He says, the subject being discussed is at the heart of our, we Africans' very existence. This is the most momentous issue of our generation. When will we Africans discern that once we secure our land, we can create our own economic, geopolitical reality and determine our own destiny? I strongly urge you, Kitty, to have this African continent forum once a week. Please have both of your well-researched guests leave their contact info and numbers. We'll do that again at the end of the program so that everybody out there listening will be able to get an ink pen and paper and to be able to um, get your contacts so they'll be able to link up with you through via email and or telephone in case they want to have you come to speak to their organization. Does that sound reasonable? Oh, Absolutely. Definitely. And the second part of his email, he says, whether it's, whether it's Mobutu aiding and abetting the alien races or someone else working against the interests of our beloved mother continent, Africa, we Africans must be totally aware that they are under the tutelage of the em- of the enemies of Africa, I believe that, and I think that's something that um, me and Fofo have spoken about and heard about, about also is that one thing that's always bothered me, particularly when I talk to my brother sisters here, particularly the multi-talented ones, they always say the man is keeping me down, the man is keeping me down, and I hear too many of Africans, too many Congolese saying, you know, the Security Council has to do this, the West has to do that, that the British has to do this. We know what they have to do. Now, what can we do right that moment, right there and then? And I think we control our own dentist's destiny. As Fofo said, the word of impossible shouldn't be in our vocabulary. If we can kick out the Belgians after they pretty much almost genocide us to oblivion, 
we can do anything we want to do. And we know what they have to do. Let's do our stuff anyways regardless because if there's anything about Western, Western civilization, they want to be on the side of the winner. And they re- once the day they realize that Congo's on that track to where it's supposed to be, they'll switch sides and dump alliances in a minute to get on the bandwagon. Yes, I, uh, whew, it is so complicated, so, so very complicated, the affairs of nations. And uh, like we will begin, we will, of course, bring resolution. I've um, got another yeah. note here I'd like to share with you. Um, uh, talking about the debt, Congolese debt versus Zairean debt. We know that um, <laughs> Mobutu looted, sacked exported huge amounts of money outside of Congo, stashed it into foreign accounts. Um, insofar as the debt, one, are the Congolese to be held responsible for the debts incurred under the Mobutu dictatorship? And two, has the monies that were spirited out of the country under Mobutu, have they been returned to Congo? <laughs> well, um, uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Well, to that, uh, it's simple. I mean, to the listeners, because they have a um, knowledge of, of the, the American system, which I would say the Western system, which it goes, uh, I would say, the, the, the credit rating system. Mm-hmm. If you fail to pay back your debt once, you'll never get another loan. And, and then if you get another loan, it's going to be on a uh, uh, higher interest rate and so forth. Twice. And then thrice, and but no, the fourth time you're not gonna get a loan. Mm-hmm. But it's been going on on and on and on. Who are they lending the money? Mm-hmm. Who who are they lending lending the money to? Not the, to the people, but to one person who is returning the money back to their pocket, basically in their pockets, for them to have uh, basically an excuse to go back into the Congo and say, okay, we're here. And you owe us, you still owe us money. We need to exploit your soil. We need to exploit your mining. You need to do. And therefore, the Congolese people, when they send us, okay, well, we owe uh, the, the World Bank so much money. So, of course, this explains uh, the, the presence in, uh, on, on our soil, not knowing really what's, going, what's behind the, uh, the, the purpose of uh, this, uh, these loans we're getting. Now, the, the loans are very tricky, the loans we get. They're not loaned to the Congo or to any, to Liberia or Ghana. They're loaned to the head of state. And the money is quite often spent not in the and country. And they know it. And they know it. Why would you lend, if a person fails to take care of uh, the, the responsibilities, why would you keep on lending money to them? Because that's to the eyes of the, to the, the public eyes, okay? That gives them the right to go in there and do what they're doing, basically. Now, Mobutu is no better than Saddam Hussein. If we were to take court, I would say, I would say that. Mm-hmm. Why wasn't he removed uh, from power years? I mean, he's been there for, he's still in power for 32 years, mm-hmm. knowing that he killed, uh, he did what he did, basically, and we're not going to go back into history. Now, uh, and, uh, and I'm curious, uh, what uh, was the level of killing under the Mobutu? It couldn't, it couldn't be what it's been like in the last five years. No. No, nah, no. Nah. No. Thank God. In the last five years, what happened is, uh, um, I think, uh, unfortunately, I'm really, I would say this, I keep saying this, unfortunately, the media took the eyes off the Congo. So everything that went down, that went on in the Congo, no one paid attention. No one really paid attention. And that, uh, of course, came with the name changing. That really hurt the, the Congo because... Uh, when we switched, when when that uh, to go back with that story, uh, just for a short moment, when the name went back, uh, Kabila came to, to power. The first thing they wanted him to do is to change the name. No, who he, wanted him to do it? Of course, the mining conglomerates, all these uh, Western uh, Western uh, companies. Uh-huh. They paid him so much money just to change the name. He went on, took the money, changed the name back to Congo to the, the Congo. Guess what happened? So that means the old contracts are now in... Exactly. They took them to court. They took the whole contracts to court in South Africa mm-hmm. and, and won. So the Congo owes them money during the, 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 from uh, 72 to 96. Was it 97? They owe them the back, uh, back pay. They owe them money. I mean, that, we don't owe, I don't owe them money personally. I'm a Congolese. I don't owe them money. They owe me life. Exactly. That's what they owe to the Congolese people. And basically, I would say to the black people on the planet, 
and that's what's been going on. And uh, to talk about those deaths, uh, unfortunately, our brothers here. I remember what went what went on in Seattle a few years ago with a uh, uh, WTO. Mm-hmm. But uh, who talked about it? The liberal whites seem to know much more about this process than people of Africa. Exactly. And, and that's where our brothers here need to really be, um, pay attention and be aware. Because if the Congo or, Na- or Liberia or Nigeria or those, con- Angola, those countries, mm-hmm. if those countries were on their feet, you won't be on welfare here. That's true. You'll be so well off, I mean, better off. I mean, that you don't have any idea. I mean, we look at them. I mean, what makes America the superpowers, uh, the superpower today? What makes France a superpower? What makes uh, all these countries? It's now, I mean, it's the, the, the minerals, the, 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 the stripping of uh, uh, your motherland. And now, when you look, what's traded high in, in, uh, in Wall Street? Gold. Mm-hmm. Gold. Where does that gold come from? That's right. So He built Belgium. We built Belgium. That's right. And if you compared, uh, if we just took several of the countries of Africa and compared them, say, to other wealthy nations... If you took Congo, compared it to France, there's no comparison at all insofar as natural resources, wealth, and even human resources that are there to be developed. You have a lot of France, you have a lot of people in France applying for, for um, work visas in Kinshasa. That's right. If you, if you compared Angola to United Kingdom, no comparison at all. If you and, and, and compared I'll, Nigeria to Germany, no, no comparison. comparison. And I will urge the uh, our listeners to to just take a look at the, the world map. And there's a big conspiracy that's been going on for years and years. A few people try to change it, but no one is talking about it. Now, when you look at the Congo and France, you see the size. Look at the size on the map. On the it, map. Looks the same. it looks almost, uh, you would say probably twice. France will be twice. But France goes four times into the Congo. Four times. But when you look at it in the map, on, on, on the map, you can tell it goes four times into the Congo. Now, when you look at Belgium, Belgium goes 80 times, 80, eight, 80 times into the Congo. So if the Congo can, uh, is on a map and you can see France, you, you shouldn't be able to see Belgium. But that's conspiracy because our kids look at the map and they don't understand. Of course, I mean, if you put a, a child with the right, uh, 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 the map on the right scale, a kid will, will go, wow, Africa is big. That's right. Africa is big. And that's basically will, uh, what's the curiosity about Africa. But then, you know, it's good to shrink it and, uh, and let, the, and let the, the, the people, basically, the kids, forget about uh, the dark, they call it the dark continent. You know, no small number of children in the United States think that Africa is a country. Exactly. <laughs> that's because most of the people that... Most of, particularly our own people that teaching those kids are ashamed to be of African descent. So why why would they want to teach correct history? I mean, as, as for each Congolese that dies, as far as they're concerned, it's the death of a stereotype. So why so why teach their kid? I mean, when you have George Bush talking about do you speak do you speak African? I mean, I have my, I had one of my old assistants a couple of, but last year. I showed her a picture of Kinshasa, and the first question is the first thing she said was, "Oh my God, you have buildings." Now this lady travels around the world. What kind of question is that? It's a question from an ignorant person. Yeah, well, I think our brothers need to really, uh, we, we need to maybe give examples where, mm-hmm. where they, they really understand. It's just like in one day, the city of Compton was just uh, wiped out in one day. Mm-hmm. city of Compton, I'm picking the city of Compton uh, because of our brothers, uh, African-American there, wiped out in one day. What would that be to the world? I mean, what would that be, how would that make you feel? And that's exactly what's going down in the Congo. Uh, it's really, really sad. And someone, well, do your researches. I and mean, we have uh, the, the, the internet. Uh, do your researches, and you find out exactly. Uh, that will make you at least, uh, not at least, but that will make you proud of yourself and proud of where you come from. And you really, really understand what's going on. Be proud. Be proud. In your neighborhood. That's right. And uh, with your congressman and the senator. I agree. Um, we got another note that's coming from Brother Harold. He says um, the foundation of Euro-American modernity is the wealth of Africa. No African wealth, no modern Europe, no modern America. Period. (laughs) Yes. Well, now we declare as Africans, it is our aim 
to claim that wealth for our own posterity, for our own generations. But, of course, we know we can make these claims, and these claims are very empty unless we back these claims up with consistent action, self-sacrifice to our very lives if need be. And unfortunately, you know, you know, it's still going on, but we're, we're, we're making strides. Look at this conversation right now. We're making strides. We will get there, whether they want us to get there or not. They either get down to the program or get out of the way. And, you know, of recent years now, we're starting to see the penetration, and I think this is a good vehicle, the penetration of Zion culture traveling around the world. We're, we're seeing this wonderful, rich music. And, again, I love African music. I love Makosa, Sukus, Zulu, um, uh, all, music from all over Africa But let me tell you When I first started hearing the Zairean music the, the way that the guitars would interweave together And they would play the Zairean sambas and, Oh my goodness It has to be the best music on the planet That's good for you because, And that's actually very good for you Because it, it adds to your aesthetic and your depth of knowledge Because you know the other side of the coin the problem comes if you look at our brothers and sisters here, what are our brothers and sisters mainly known for? Sports and entertainment. So once we have places and events like the marketplace that just transpired where you have Africans just performing, then people will look at us as just performing. They won't know the brothers like Bofo or, you know, Mwai Mukenge or Adela or what have you. They'll just say, oh, you know, they have good music because they don't know the other side of the coin. They don't have that knowledge like you have. So once we can, you know, use this event to, okay, you like our music, okay, fine. Let me tell you a little about the history of where this music is coming from. Exactly. Get the full packet together to really bring the mission. Exactly. And I, and I was speaking of music. Uh, the Congolese music basically is, uh, I would say, the what we call today in general uh, the African music, um, popular music. Mm-hmm. And I call it Zairean music. Yeah, it, it, and I understand it's music. But it was also it was based upon a time period exactly. when the music was coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now. Rumba. Some of us, I mean, some of uh, listen. You should just wonder. I mean, when you go down to South America, you have Afro-Cuban music. Uh-huh. The Afro part is part of you. The Afro part is part of you. Afro-Peruvian, Afro-Bolivian, Afro—that's your music. That's a, that's a, the uh, uh, most of it comes from the, uh, the rumba, which is rich in uh, in the Congo, basically, mm-hmm. and. Uh, also, rich culture, very rich culture. I mean, the Congo itself has uh, over 250 tribes and 250 uh, dialects. Mm-hmm. So, why don't you just learn one? One. Mm-hmm. You know. That's right. Well, listen, we are approaching the end of our program today. Have, ha- having had a great discussion, of course, um, we invite our listening audience to continue to be a part of this dialogue. We're going to ask both of our guests, um, Brother Saeed and Daddy. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Dibinga. Yeah, Dibinga. <laughs> That's the short version of my name. Okay. Uh, give, me, give us a long version of your name. I Okay, I'll use the short version, Brother Saeed. <laughs> now, can you translate that? Does that? I'm sure the name has a meaning. It means, my king, my lord, he who builds and struggles little by little. All right. That is very, very positive. And uh, you can leave your email address, and if you would like a telephone number, people might be able to get in contact with the Brad Saeed. Sure. It's S as in Sam, K as in Kevin, Dabinga, D as in David, I, B as in Bob, I, N as in Nancy, G as in George, A, at Hotmail.com, or they can get me at the office at 818-503-4460. That's the Bayendo Group and DRCNN. Okay. And uh, Brother Fofo? Yes. Uh, you want to give us your, you want to give us your long name also? <laughs> oh, 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 well, uh, my long name is uh, Lukata Homo Homa. Okay. Uh, which basically uh, means uh, the guardian, the, the guardian of the universe. Mm. One uh, of the guardians of the universe. Uh, uh, you look like that. Your name is identity. That's Thank right. You. And your contact information? Um, I give my email. Um, F O L four four as in Frank O as in Orange L as in Larry number four number four at mail dot com M A I L dot com. Okay. Lastly, let me announce an an uh, event that's going to be taking place here in Metropolitan Los Angeles. It's going to take place on November twenty two, the year two thousand four, or is this two thousand three? Two thousand three. Two thousand three. Okay. 
uh, November 22nd. It's going to be taking place here in Los Angeles. Is the Congolese Genocide Memorial. Yes. And they're going to be commemorating the onslaught, the slaughter of over 100,000 Congolese slaughtered every month. Exactly. 3,000 murdered every day. So therefore, we should all, as African people, who believe in ourselves, who believe in our past, our present, and of course who are committed toward our future, we With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.